A few weeks ago, I was talking with an inmate at, in jail whom I will call Dee Dee for reasons of confidentiality. I hadn't seen Dee Dee in over a year because of COVID. Dee Dee is one of those inmates that I am discipling because she is a person of rare faith and leadership capabilities such that we consider her to be a 24-7 inside chaplain. Dee Dee's story is remarkable. From the first time I met her, she just had this aura of calm. I think she naturally is that kind of personality that exudes calm, the kind of person that children and other vulnerable people are naturally drawn to. But what was remarkable was that she also had this, re this extraordinary peace. Ever since she recognized that God is in control over her life, and having given her life to Christ, she became the faith leader in her pod such that, uh, so she would lead her ladies in morning and evening prayer and also read to them scripture and devotion daily. If, for whatever reason, they missed a devotion, they would prompt Dee Dee to read to them. Guards would assign newcomers to her pod if there was space because they knew that this newcomer would be cared for by Dee Dee and the others, which is not normally the case because newcomers tend to disrupt the status quo. Over a period of some years, I met with Dee Dee weekly, and this extraordinary peace never left her until just a few weeks ago. Her sentencing date was coming up, and this rattled her. And that's, that's just natural. Everybody fears prison. And court appearances can be hard. She was troubled not only by what the prosecuting attorney might say, but also by being confronted by those that she had harmed in the past. In the meantime, there was chaos in her pod, accompanied by many demands for her attention. She was just at the end of her rope. Her faith was flagging. She had run out of juice. Dee Dee's story reminded me of Elijah's, the story you have just heard read. In this story, Elijah is running away, fearing for his life. What was going on in the life of this great prophet of God, a man whose physical strength was matched only by his strength of faith? And if you read chapter 18, You'll get the backstory. I recommend that you read it. It's a remarkable story of power and faith. You probably remember it. Elijah had challenged the prophets of Baal to a contest. Whose God is stronger? More importantly, which God is the only true God? You need to know that the kings of Israel had been moving the nation towards apostasy such that this is one of the three times in Scripture where miracles abound. One of the other ones is at the Exodus, and the other one is with Jesus and the early church. Ahab was the current king, and his wife was the evil and very powerful Queen Jezebel, a dedicated follower of Baal. Baal worship was becoming the norm, and the nation of Israel was on the knife's edge of decision. 
Would, it, would they worship Yahweh, the God of Abraham, or Baal? Just to give this contest a little perspective, you should know that Israel was in its third year of drought where there had been no rain at all, a condition predicted by Elijah. Jezebel had been systematically killing off all the prophets of God, and she had a contract out for Elijah's life. Into this dire situation, Elijah courageously went to King Ahab and challenged him to a duel. That is, 450 prophets of Baal and others against Elijah, the lone prophet of God. The contest would be arranged this way. A sacrifice would be set up to each god, and the god which sent fire to consume the sacrifice would be the god of Israel. You remember the story. All day long, the 450 prophets of Baal called on their God to send fire. They leaped and they danced and they even cut themselves in their fervor. Around noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder. Maybe he's asleep or he's gone on vacation. The account reads in verse 29, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. By evening, the prophets of Baal were done. Exhausted, they signaled Elijah's turn. Elijah then built an altar, laid on wood, added the sacrifice, and then he poured bucket after bucket after bucket over the sacrifice, over the wood, over the stones, until it overflowed into a trench that he had dug around the altar. In short, the sacrifice was soaked. And then Elijah prayed a very brief prayer, ending with these words, Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Immediately, fire from heaven consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and licked up the water in the trench. In the melee that followed, Elijah had all 450 prophets of Baal killed. And then rain came to drench the land. Well, what do you think? Which one is God? The contest was settled well and good. Yahweh is God, and there is none other. That's where today's reading picks up the story. Jezebel hears about the contest and threatens Elijah's life. Elijah was afraid and ran. Now, just stop. And think about that for a minute. Afraid? Afraid? After that contest, that show of God's power? It seems illogical, but Elijah had been fighting on his own against the power of Jezebel for years. 
And apparently, the fight still wasn't over. So what does God do? Does he rebuke his faithful prophet for his lack of faith? I want you to pay close attention to what happens next. Elijah travels all day, and then he lies down to rest. He is weary and dejected. He prays that he might die. I am so done, Lord. Please take my life. I'm no better than anybody else. And here's what happened next. Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over the hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for your journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, as I just told the children, I find it interesting that God didn't send Elijah a ready-made loaf of bread. No. He bakes it right next to Elijah's head so that he wakes up smelling the fragrance of that fresh bread. Can't you just smell it? I remember once when staying with my husband's parents during a home leave, my mother-in-law baked bread so that it was hot out of the oven. The house just filled with the fragrance of that yeasty deliciousness just when the children came home from school, something that she had done many times a generation earlier with her children. It was more than just an afternoon snack. It was the fragrance and taste of love. That's what God did for his prophet when his faith was flagging. God showed him gentleness and compassion, demonstrating that he is not only a powerful God, but also a loving, caring God. He gave his exhausted prophet strength for the journey, at whose end God would meet him on the mountain, not in the wind, earthquake, or fire, but in a still, small voice to address all Elijah's concerns. God told Elijah on the mountain that there were yet 7,000 faithful followers in Israel. Elijah was not alone. And Elisha would take up the mantle of office removing from Elijah's shoulders his heavy burdens. And finally, God would take Elijah to himself in a chariot of fire. God is faithful, even when Elijah's faith was at a low ebb. And as a result of God's work through Elijah and Elisha, Israel was kept, barely, from going over the edge to total Baal worship. So I wonder if you are in such a place today, like Elijah or my friend Didi, when you are at the end of your rope, when it's hard to believe 
hard to keep on believing. Perhaps in a world where a pandemic doesn't seem to end, drought and fire and floods threaten our country, where there is uncertainty around school, jobs, you fill in the blanks. You are just tired, discouraged. Whatever it is, my friend, you are not alone. God knows who you are. He knows you are only human and that you are, like all of us, subject to fear and doubt. We get tired. At times, it all just seems to be too much. But here is the good news. You are given bread for the journey. And it's not just regular bread. It's not even home-baked bread. It is living bread. Jesus has expanded, expanded and deepened our understanding of who God is by coming into our chaotic, imperfect world as a human being himself subject to hunger, fear, weariness, pain, and yes, even death. In our gospel reading today, Jesus identifies himself as the great I am, the name God himself gave to Moses from the burning bush. Throughout the book of John, you check this out, God's name, I am, or Yahweh, is expanded by Jesus who said, I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd, the living water, the bread of life. I am. And whoever believes in Jesus has eternal life. I want you to know, dear friends, that this is a simple childlike trust sort of faith. It's as simple as the willingness to believe of a softened heart, ready to receive God, to receive faith. It might only be the size of a mustard seed, but in the hands of the Holy Spirit, it can grow to be fairly substantial, even as powerful as the faith of Elijah. It is the Holy Spirit who grants and nourishes faith. It's not something you can sort of wish into being or pull up by your bootstraps. It's more like that anguished cry of the father of the demon-possessed boy who cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. And God works with that. Even such a mix of belief and unbelief, of faith and doubt. Flagging faith, it happens even to the best of us, even to a faith giant like Elijah. It happens even to a faith-filled woman in jail who has found extraordinary peace in Christ, whose peace, I'm happy to say, is being restored after hearing of God's graciousness to Elijah. When that happens to you, Remember the bread. <clears throat> when you, whenever you smell bread baking, whenever you take of the bread at communion, the very body of Christ, remember God's care and love 
for you. He is faithful. He never abandons you. In fact, he freely gives you eternal life. Amen.